Praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be in the house of the Lord again. Amen. Woo. Praise the Lord. Well, let's stand to our feet and worship the King tonight. Let's give Him all the glory. There's none like Him. There's none like the Lord. Come on, let's just lift our hands and worship Him for a moment. Father, we love You. We worship You. Worthy Jesus, you are worthy, Lord. You are worthy to be praised. We worship you. We worship you, oh Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy, Jesus. Thank you, Father.
worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. just to worship you, just to sense your presence, Lord, just to offer praise and worship and thanksgiving to you tonight, that we can come in together, we're not distanced, Lord, by live streaming, but Lord, we can actually come into the building again, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to see and be with each other, Lord, again, in your presence, Lord, thank you, Father, we worship you tonight, you're good to us. Lord, we lift up our country, we lift up our nation, we lift up our leaders on a national level, on a state level, on a local level, Father. From our president and the cabinet, to the Senate, to the House, to the governors, Lord, to the mayors, to the city councils, Father, grant them grace and wisdom 
and understanding, Lord. We pray for healing and deliverance and protection through this COVID-19 epidemic, Father, pandemic. We pray, oh God, we're believing you, Lord, that this thing dries up in the name of Jesus, that people are healed, set free, delivered from it. Lord, comfort the hearts of those that have lost loved ones from it. We pray grace, peace, your mercy upon their hearts, Lord. Father, we thank you that, Lord, you're sending, Lord, your presence during this time of Pentecost, that it's not just a day or a feast, but, oh God, it is a lifestyle, it is a relationship with you of intimacy, being led by you, sensitive to you, hearing the voice of our Father, living together with intimacy with you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, so much, Lord. Baptize, fill, and refill us, Lord. Refill us and baptize those that have never been filled, oh God. Beyond the tongues experience, Lord. Beyond the feeling experience, oh God. In the walking, the walking and the living in the spirit and in truth, Lord, to accomplish and fulfill your destiny and your will for us. Lord, we thank you. We speak it over this congregation, over those that are watching live streaming tonight, over those that are in the building, over those that are in Pastor Rush's class. Lord, we just speak, oh God, a blessing of your presence, an outpouring, refilling, refreshing of your presence for your glory. In the name of Jesus and for the kingdom's sake, we say together, Lord, amen, amen. Praise God. Come on. He is good. He is good. Just kind of turn towards your neighbor. Give him a wave tonight or a fist in the air, friendly fist in the air. and Just bless him tonight. If you're bold enough and hug a family member, that's good too. <laughs> Thank you. It's good to have Mark with us tonight on his acoustic as well as Pastor Larry. So they're going to bring the beatbox in next Wednesday. Let me beat on the beatbox. He said, now we'll see if he trusts me. Amen. I've kind of gotten in the frame of sitting down before the camera on uh, Wednesday nights and kind of enjoyed it. So I, I might just do this for a while. And Wednesdays are a long day. Pastor Josue and me were just discussing a little while ago. It's a, it's a long day and never have left. I think I left the building once. We went and got lunch and that was it, I think. Oh, well, we stood outside for the drive-in prayer. You know, right when we think the drive-in prayer, well, nobody's going to come. Ends up three, four people come with significant encounters for them to pray and uh, to pray for them so it's just uh, we just keep plugging away at it and God always sends somebody that has a need so that we'll do it until we're there I've got some announcements tonight rather uh, uh, meaty but they're they're important to share with you so I'm going to take a, the time to do this let me say this because I'm going to tell you this and you're going to say I can't remember that pastor so go on our web or our app site and uh, if you're on the email thing from Esther from the office, you'll see it on that. Uh, ministry leaders will be sending it out some, but it is on our web and our app site. And there's, there's three things that I want to share with you tonight. I had three. Where'd the other one go? It disappeared. It sunk beneath. Uh, if you know somebody that doesn't have a phone, though, you can give them a call. If they don't know it already, we, we have about, I think last week was our first week, second week with the dial-in thing that they can listen I think we had about three, and then we, we averaged about eight on Sunday that call in that they wouldn't be able to hear the service any other way because they don't have a smartphone or iPad and all that stuff so that they can at least listen. So this is a dial-in number that they can dial in at 
978-990-5161. That's 978-990-5161. And then uh, it'll prompt you to enter the access code of 69946736673 and punch the pound, sa pound sign. Some people call it hashtag sign nowadays. So they can dial in and just hear at least. Uh, we... Uh, let me tell you about our re-entry plan. We as a staff meet every Tuesday for a minimum of three hours. And then on Wednesday, we have a devotional time. And then today as staff, I think we met another hour and a half at least that. And we're talking about reopening for services. Of course, tonight's the second night. We've been uh, able to open up for Wednesday night. So we welcome you that are literally physically here in the building. We are social distancing. We ask that you use only the restrooms in the hallway not the restrooms in the office wing. And uh, so that helps us in the sanitation uh, thing, not to have to do everything all over again. Uh, so help us in that. And then uh, we are open on Wednesday, so thank you for coming tonight. And I think in time, people will be feel more safe to come. And this is kind of, this. it's going to be a gradual thing because it's not just, and I don't want to, I'm very gentle in saying this, it's not just the L, hallelujah. Well, thank you, Lord. We lost some, but not all. How's the cameras doing? We still live? Okay. Just didn't we? I mean, I'm talking to live people here, but just wondered about the live ones on the home end of it, live stream. You never know. Last week it was a smoke, <laughs> smoke out, and today it's, what's wrong? You got a problem over there? You scared of the dark? Oh. Come on down here. We'll hold your hand through this. <laughs> it's one of them rush boys terrorizing us. I have, we hadn't seen him. You never know. This is You're talking about a new normal. We never know what's going to happen here every day. So anyway, uh, I was talking something about, anyway, the staff meets. And so we have been discussing how are we going to reopen and what it's going to look like. So we want to stay in touch with you. Uh, and we've done that as much as we know how to do through this live stream, through uh, the app, through the web, through the one call. That's me giving the call. Thank you, Pastor Larry. Through the one call and just through people calling each other and checking on each other, ministry leaders calling their people in their ministry and things like that. So we want to let you know, here is our tentative open plan. And we have to hold everything kind of lightly because every time we've made a plan, uh, officials would make a plan that nicks that and that, okay that won't work now they change their their plan we can't meet but here is our tentative reopening plan that we are going to uh, our target date is Father's Day June 21st and that is the that is the reopening plan for Sunday morning service to come back into the building at 10 a.m. Uh, masks are going to be required and following social distancing guidelines would be in place as of Friday, as you know already, you have to. You're, it's mandated. You have to wear a mask in public on Friday. You know that. So, um, sorry about that. We're it's out of our control. Who knows? By by Father's Day, by June 21, it may change. Hopefully, it will. Uh, we're going to hold one service that June 21st day, Father's Day. There'll be no children's church or no nursery, but families that have children or young people, we will invite you to come. And we're asking you, if you're a family with young children, a young person or children, you can go to the, the uh, 
children's wild kids ministry, the sanctuary they have, and they can set you together in a family. And they're going to have some uh, social distancing and some family things for you there. And we will live stream the service into there on a big screen. Okay. The first 200 that actually get here. Now, anybody and everybody, family or whatever, is welcome here in the sanctuary. But we're limited to 200 in the sanctuary. If I have to go through this math equation, this that side on the back says we can seat 630 in here. But the rule right now is you can seat 50% of your maximum occupancy per room. That's the key per room that means we could sit 315 in here but when you social distance it uh, six feet apart it which is what you're having to sit in now tonight is and basically that only allows for about 200 people in the sanctuary so what we're going to do uh, we've been having 300 or close to 300 mother's day we had 303 on the parking lot we had like over 1100 live streaming that's amazing isn't it we had over 1400 with us in service and they're real people, so they're, they're not just somewhere out there in video land, media land. They are real people that are part of us. They're just not present on the property. So we want to treat them that way because they are that. So we can house 200 here in this room, sanctuary. We can seat 19 in room 111, 112, which is Pastor Rush's school of ministry class. Then we would go to the fellowship hall, and we could seat 25. And then in Pastor Greg's children's church sanctuary, about I think it's about 70. So if you do the math on that, that's about 313, 14, or 15 people. That's if all that would be seemingly plenty of room to accommodate uh, those that are showing up presently in the parking lot now. Now we realize, and maybe people will surprise us. We hope so. We realize some people aren't ready to come inside. Uh, some surveys we've been watching, 39% of the Christian people surveyed said they're not coming back to church, not just here, but all over the nation. They said they're not coming back to church until there's no wearing of mask required or nothing. Everything's just normal. 39% of the population surveyed said that. We don't know if Wiles feels that way or thinks that way or not. But we're, we're kind of thinking some of the elderly, and, and, and there's no judgment on them but they're just playing it safe and that's what they've been told to do if you're elderly or have a pre-existing condition you need to guard yourself and protect yourself some people cannot wear masks it is too suffocating or they have already have issues with allergies or whatever it's just it's not gonna work and uh, so anyway we know that they'll probably stay away there probably would be parents that would not come with their little children because they are protecting their little children. There's no condemnation to that or towards them, no judgment. They And, and we give people the space to make their judgment, to take care of their family and re-enter as they feel like they're safe to do it. But anyway, come June 21, we will be able to accommodate 315 people roughly. So that would more than accommodate uh, the people that we have in the parking lot. Now, if people come back, even the next Sunday, we, we realize we have an overflow, then we'll go back to two services. We'll do an 8.30 service and then go back to our 11 service, 11.30 regular service times like we used to do to accommodate, you know, any, any people coming in. So we're prepared to do that. Uh, that's our, that's our re-entry, reopening plan. Now, I know you're going to remember that as soon as you walk out this door. You say, I, I got it. So it is on the app. It is on the website. That information is there, okay, for you in written form. Second thing I want to share with you is wonderful news. I've been talking to you about the drive-in movie night, which we're going to start Sunday, June the 7th. How many of you have seen The Chosen, the TV series that was on? Okay, several of you. It's awesome. And it's, on, it's a wonderfully new 
rendition of the life and the ministry of Jesus and his calling of the disciples in their journey. And season, the first season, which was last year, had eight episodes to it. I've seen all eight three times at least. They're addictive and they're just... It's just so neat, their presentation of, of Jesus. It's just so very real and believable. Well, I emailed them, and I have permission. We have permission to show that. And we're going to use that for our, our Sunday night drive-in, which starts uh, Sunday, June 7th, which is just a week away from the Sunday. And uh, for eight weeks, we'll show it. Lord, help us with the weather. Help us pray for good weather. We actually need, you're going to think we're weird, but we were out there last night. T uh, testing the screen and the projector and everything and I said you know what we need to check what the moon phases are going to be in because it's too much light you can't see so we got on our phones and checked the moon phases there's a full moon the very first week we're trying to show it and then at the end of June there's another full moon which moon which goes into the July and then at the end of July which is when it'll end there's another full moon so we got to deal with three full moon phases so I'm serious we need to pray for cloudy nights, those Sunday nights. Because last night it was a cloudy night and it helped block the moon out. Of course, it wasn't a full moon, but we need to pray for that. I'm real serious. We need to pray for good weather. Hey, we have authority. We pray storms away. So we're going to do that. This, listen, this is stretching us. So last night we set that thing up testing it. It blows up. It's like one of these blow-up rides that kids play on. The frame is, and then you Velcro the screen to it. Well, when you Velcro the screen to it, that thing's like a sail. And it was like taking off across the parking lot. So if we don't anchor this thing down, we're going to be chasing it down Denby Boulevard one night. So we don't want to do that. We're going to build a, Josiah and JR are working on something. They're going to build a, a platform that gets it up eight feet in the air. We're going to project the image on it. And here, to me, Jack Smith is the one that sewed this into my heart. Friday a couple of weeks ago why don't we have a drive-in movie night to let people get out of their house and do something fun and just give them a break and I went that's cool so I look at started looking online for PG movies they, most of them cuss I said we can't do that we're the church <laughs> Jesus I don't think Jesus would bless us too well showing movies that cuss the neighbors may love it but uh, God forbid that church people would like it but anyway we'll go there so I just I was seeing the series of chosen I went it would be neat if I could get permission to show this so we have permission. Got, the, got it in writing. So beginning that June the 7th, that'll start it. It's eight weeks. Pray for good weather. Pray for uh, cloudy nights on those full moon nights. And, uh, but here, here's where we need help. We are printing over uh, 2,000 door hangers. And I feel like in praying through this, yes, it would be fun for us at WOW to come see this. It would be very encouraging and edifying. But the Lord kind of challenged me, said, well, what about inviting your neighborhood that's in the shadows of this church, this property at 1233 Shields Road? There's over 2,000, almost 3,000 people in this neighborhood. And then there's a whole new development in Huntington right over here next door neighbor to us. And so here's where we need your help. On Friday, June 5th, from 12 noon to 2 p.m., we need people, we need teams to come and we have maps. We, if some of you were here years ago when we walked this neighborhood and we handed out flyers in, at every door, every door, over 2,000. And uh, most neighbors were very welcome to it. They might not have come, but they appreciated the effort. So since Friday at June 5 from 12 noon to 2 p.m., we're going to have teams go out. And then Saturday from 10 a.m. until we're finished, 
We'll have teams that go out that don't that didn't get to what Friday's team uh, distributed. Saturday's team will finish it. We need help. Put your tennis shoes on. Put your casual clothes on, and uh, come walk the neighborhoods. In a sense, you're prayer walking the neighborhood. Also, when you're going, and you hang this door hanger on their door. It's illegal to put it in their mailbox. You don't want to put it on their car under their windshield wiper. That irritates people. We don't want to irritate people. We want to bless people. Got two good amens, one good one. We don't want to, so we want to hang it on their their door. And it, uh, Isaac Davidson, Pastor Gregson, made us a beautiful door hanger. We'll begin printing those uh, when all that information comes in. So we need your help. We need your help on that Friday. We need your help on that Saturday. So if you can help us, call the office and uh, let Grace or Esther know. And I guess it's obvious, Grace. We need to start a list of you know people that are going to come help us. And we have maps for you, and all you got to do is follow the map and the little section, the cul-de-sac you're in or the street that you're on, and just go through those. You're, even children can do it, you know, as long as they can go and hang it on the door. And uh, we, just, we just need help to do it. And, and here's, here's how we'll end each night of those eight nights. After, they, after all of us see it, of course, hopefully most of us are born again. We got that covered. But at the end, all I'm going to do is say, hey, if you want to stay and talk to somebody about what you heard tonight, there are people here that will talk to you. I am believing God is going to bring people in. I'm believing God's going to save somebody through this. Somebody's going to find Jesus through this. And somebody's going to be loved by the people of WOW through this. They're going to see Jesus in a very real human way through the presentation on the chosen. They're going to see these people, Mary Magdalene and Simon or Peter and James and Andrew and all these guys they're going to see them in a, in a very in Jesus himself they're going to see them in a very human light but yet they're going to see the miracles and the love of God through Jesus I, I'm excited about this I believe it's a very good evangelistic tool I, I, I believe and, and here's what challenges my heart we can go to all these countries in the world and we should we can go to places in the other other parts of the state of Virginia we should we can go to places in America we should but if we fail to reach people that live right under the shadow of this building, I don't think, I don't think we've succeeded. So let's help us uh, be a part of it. If you can come Friday, some people, some people aren't working now. Some people are hearing me now live streaming. Spread the word. Uh, some can come Friday. Some, their schedule is better off on, on Saturday. Just come, and we'll have a map for you. We'll have the door hangers ready for you, and just launch out to the community. And all you got to do is hang it on the door. That's all you got to do. If you engage somebody and talk to them, just let them know what we're doing, and just bless them. Last thing, I'm trying to hurry. Uh, I have felt for some time, and somebody, one of our intercessors here at the church confirmed it this morning and, and sent me an email and said, Pastor, they had such a burden for the, the body of Christ and all that's going on in the world today. Not just, not just the racial division, but this is horrible. What's happened to that, that, that brother in Minneapolis with the police, that is absolutely horrible. What's happened in Georgia is horrible. We, if I remember right, uh, in the prophetic uh, the people that we've heard in the last two, three weeks, one of them said President Trump and what things we have to deal with in this nation is the racial division in this nation. It's got to be dealt with. Secondly was the COVID crisis. Thirdly was, oh boy, it slipped, the economy. And then fourth, I, just the spiritual state of the nation. And so we are, we are calling next Wednesday 
a day of prayer and fasting from WOW. I'm inviting you to join Sylvie and I and, and the staff, the pastoral staff, as we talked to it today. We're in. We're all in. From next Wednesday morning, June the 3rd, from 6 a.m. to that evening, 9 p.m. That's a 15-hour time span. The, you know, start, the, the time starts 6 a.m., probably at your home. At 8 a.m., the church will be open for anybody that wants to come in. We're going to have prayer points scrolling on the screen all day long. We'll have worship music playing. You're welcome to come to the church, spend whatever time you want to spend praying here at the church. But then I'm asking you to come 7.15 next Wednesday night. I'm not going to teach. We're going we're gonna to practice social distancing. And who knows whether we're going to wear a mask or not. Maybe not. Hopefully not. Maybe it'll be changed by that. But we need to pray for this nation. Boy, we need to pray for this nation. And uh, we're going to pray uh, several things. I, I can't even tell you. We're going to have several prayer points, several decrees and declarations that you'll be guided to, to, to use those and pray for those, pray through those in that time together. So we're going to spend our next Wednesday night as a time of prayer and worship together, praying for this nation, praying against the things that are happening in this nation, and uh, praying, for, praying for lost souls to come to the knowledge of Jesus. One of the things we'll be praying for is the movie night, showing the chosen, that people will come, the Holy Spirit will draw them to come. And once they come and hear about the Lord, that they will receive and find the Lord. So all of this is on the web and the app site, so I've, I've taken the time to say it. But I know you won't remember it, but I wanted to say it to you tonight. Our senior graduation, if you're graduating for high school or college, or if you're the parent of one, that is, please register online. Go to the, uh, the best way to communicate is the mobile app, and uh, go to the graduate registration screen, touch it, tap it, open it, and apply, and put your student's name there. We want to recognize you in a special drive-in service on Sunday, June the 14th. Uh, and just we're going to have you come up as a graduate. You'll give your name and where you're graduating from, and then the next person will come through. I think we have 15, if I, if I heard right. 15 is the number right now, so amen. Then this Saturday is Holy Spirit Q&A Day. I think we're going to have a good day with a lot of people uh, show up. A lot of people have expressed interest, so call in the office. Let us know. We can accommodate 200 right here in the sanctuary. That's our maximum crowd. And uh, we're going to teach a little bit. We're going to simplify it this year, teach a little bit, let you ask questions about the Holy Spirit. But the most important thing, we're going to pray and impart and bless you and just pray for you. The prayer teams will be here and people, other people will be here. Uh, I'm not sure if Pastor Larry said he was going to be here then Saturday night because we go into soaking it at, at a little later. But anyway, we're going to have some type of worship. He may not play, but we're going to have some type of worship. I believe the Lord is going to fill those. We had six filled with the Holy Spirit in the parking lot Sunday. Six. It can happen outside in the parking lot. One lady fell out in the asphalt and didn't mind a bit. You get drunk in the Holy Ghost, don't matter. One person recently got touched gloriously and went home and was praying. And the next night or two, Brenda, do you want to share that? Do you want to just stand up and share what happened to you? I tell you, if you would, if you don't mind, if you'd come and stand right here and, and let them tape that. I know I'm putting you on the spot. Sylvia, come stand with her. This is, this, is, this is big. This is huge. This is Brenda. Welcome, Brenda.
of people who okay I never really believed that people would that the Holy Spirit would fall on people and that people would fall out I really thought all that was fake you came from a Baptist I came from Baptists okay and I and I've seen it in and seen it many times and I just didn't believe well Saturday I didn't fall out once I fell out three times at the soaking at the at soaking seven. on Saturday at seven o'clock and I know God revealed to me that the reason I fell out three times is because I strayed from him three times I backslid so I don't I, he's working a miracle in my life I went home on Sunday I started praying I started praying in tongues on your own on my own I didn't know what I was speaking but the next morning I was curious so I looked it up and it was all Hebrew everything was Hebrew it was Hebrew prayers and so I was just totally amazed so I'm so excited about coming Saturday y'all need to come to that <laughs> okay thank you yeah so you know, God's great what can I say I wasn't a believer but I'm a believer now and I'm gonna tell you it's real okay it's real all right thanks Brenda for being willing to do that you told me you'd been coming since December you'd been coming to WOW since December-ish Okay. I remember meeting you, you know, in the lobby as you came through and talking, chatting a little bit briefly. Didn't know anything about her background. And uh, she was she's, was already a believer. And then I don't know how you ended up here Saturday. Did they invite you? The Hammonds invite you? You just came? Okay. Amen. Cool. Okay. <laughs> I know we've taken a little bit of extra. Listen, when we get back in church full blown, I probably never, I probably won't get to preach for a little while because y'all are going to be, y'all going so wound up to visit each other and just to worship and praise the Lord. And uh, that's actually what the prophetic uh, folks are telling us that uh, when people get back together in church, that it just really needs to set it off with worship and praising the Lord and magnifying his name. So don't bother me. Hey, Anytime the Holy Spirit wants to move, I, I'm, I'm ready for that. I'll, I'll lay it down. I told the Lord about Sunday. I said, you gave me this message at 6.30 Saturday morning, but if I don't preach it, I don't care, God. It's in your hand. Same way, I've already got the message prepared for this Sunday, and that is a never has happened before. On Monday morning, I woke up, and it just went ding, 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 ding. And I went, I better get down and write this down. So I did that, and... Uh, so, but I don't care if the Lord just slays everybody in the parking lot. They lay on the car hood. I couldn't care less, you know. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. This, this, we, you can't make Pentecost come, but you can position yourself to receive the promise of the Father. And I want to position myself to receive the new freshness of the new wine. Amen. Let me cut this off and put it back on. It makes all kinds of noise. Okay, wow. Yeah, wow. 
A lot, lot, lot of good stuff, wonderful stuff happening. We haven't received the offering, have we? Oh, we don't have to. You give on your way out tonight, or you can give online or the website, or you can text to give by calling 757-330-3370, and then in the message box that you would text to somebody, put text to give. And when you hit the little arrow, it'll take you immediately to simple give, and it's real easy to follow the steps there to give, whether it's your tithe, your offering, or, or, or special missions offering that we do on Wednesday night. This is, uh, we're not, this is, I don't know if this is the actual last lesson in our teaching because of next Wednesday, but we're nearing the end of the study on understanding spiritual warfare from God's perspective, and I'm still using the subtitle, Casting Out Demons New Testament Style, because tonight I want to look with you and invite you to look with me about uh, how, how, what is the normal Christian life like as a spirit-filled believer. So Brenda, this is a new journey for you. Uh, some of us have been around a while, so I'm going to have to really fly through this if I do get through with it all. But anyway, I want, and if you've been around a while, anytime the kingdom of God is moving, the enemy is also not, not, uh, he's not good with just not doing anything. He stirs stuff up. He, he opposes. He tries to come and attack. And, and, and anytime... Anytime you, you desire a hunger for a new experience in the Lord or you have a new experience in the Lord, I'm not saying be afraid of the devil, but I am saying don't be naive because the devil doesn't like that and he will try to come against you to resist you, to slow you down, to stop you, to discourage you. Anybody know that what I'm telling you is the truth? You've been there before. Okay, you see the hands. So don't be naive, don't be afraid, but don't don't go around looking for the devil but yet when it happens understand that's just the devil he's just trying to stop me and that's all it is he's trying to stop you so what do you do you keep you press through it you just keep going and sometimes it sometimes he can try to scare you sometimes he can resist you sometimes he can turn family against you and I had that happen to me. Family turned against me when I really got on fire for Jesus. You need to calm down. You need moderation. I said, moderation? I'm praying for more. And so they didn't understand that. They thought I fell off the wagon or fell off the world into a cult and all this stuff. And Pentecostals, what's that? Those, they didn't even know what that was. So anyway, so any time that the kingdom of God manifests, just think of it this way. Every time Jesus showed up, it stirred up devils. Okay. Everywhere the Apostle Paul went, either he, had, either he had revival, but it also brought riot. So the enemy's not content to just let the kingdom of God happen. Now, that doesn't say the devil's stronger than God. It doesn't say that. It just says that he tries to oppose and resist, but we have victory. It's like turning the light on. The light comes on. What does it do? It attracts bugs, Right? So, and, and when you go into a dark room, if you haven't sprayed your house, you may have some bugs, roaches or some of them little crawly things, but you don't know it probably until you turn the light on. When the light comes on, then you see them. When the light of God comes on in your life, bugs come out, not of your life, but bugs show up to try to mess with you. So the message from the Lord Jesus in Matthew 10 tells us, it tells us as the church, we're the church, it's not this building. I hope we've learned that now. This church is not, this building is not the church. We are. I mean, the, the church can happen in the parking lot, Walmart, any lot or mart. But he tells us in Matthew 10, 7 and 8, 
He tells us as a church, as you go. He didn't say as you stay or hide or run for cover. He said as you go, preach, proclaim, declare, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is Jesus' words. The kingdom of heaven is already here. Not in fullness, but it is here already. And proof of it is people can be born again, delivered of demonic, healed of sickness, filled with the Holy Spirit, and all the things that Jesus said. We, we talked about those last week that John the Baptist said, go and ask him, is he the one that should come or should we look for another? And Jesus didn't even answer John the Baptist's disciples. He just, he was healing people and people, the lame were walking, the blind were seeing, the deaf were hearing, devils were being cast, cast out. And he said, go tell John what you see. They went and told John what they saw, all these works of Jesus, these miracles. And John knew that was the sign of Messiah. So John was comforted, said, yes, he's the one. He's the one. So as you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Here, here's our job description. You wonder what you're supposed to do in life as a child of God? Here's your job description. You're supposed to you say, well, pastor, I thought there was all ministry people. You are a ministry person. You may not be in the role or gifting or calling or pastor, teacher, apostle, evangelist. What's the other one? Pastor, uh, pastor or te teacher, evangelist. You might not be in one of those five-fold ministries, as Ephesians calls it, but you are a minister. You have the gospel in you. You, have, you not only have a privilege, you have a responsibility. And, it, and your repentance and your relationship with the Lord carries a responsibility. And here's your job description. You're to lay hands on the sick and see them healed. At work, out in public, in the store, in the parking lot. You're to do that. That's your job description. To heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Because Jesus said, because freely you've received, freely give. You've received it by grace. It's a gift of God. It's not earned. It's not deserved. It's not based on your tenure, how long you've been a Christian, how good you are, how bad you are. It's none of that. When you receive Jesus and he's in your life, you have the authority and the power over the enemy and over all this other stuff. Sickness, leprosy, AIDS, raising the dead, dead people, demonic. We don't have to be afraid. There's nothing we have to be afraid of because Jesus is in us. The post-Pentecost, after Pentecost, Peter and John, they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. We talked about them and the other 120 last week. They demonstrated the same power that they saw Jesus manifest. Jesus said this would be true in Acts 3, 1 through 8. Peter and John were going to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. And a man who'd been lame, crippled from his mother's womb. This man had never walked. They, he, he had to be carried, whom they used to set down every day. This man lived, however old he was, every day had to be carried, had to be dependent on somebody else to take him to the temple, to set him down so he could beg alms, so he could live and exist. What a tough life. So he's laid every day at the temple, uh, at the temple gate called Beautiful in order to beg alms of those going in. He asked alms of everyone, Peter and John, um, and this is kind of paraphrased. Peter and John fixed their gaze on him, and they said, look on us. And the guy gave them their attention. Why? He thought they were going to give him some money. Okay, hey, I'm about to get something. Pay attention. But Peter said, I don't possess silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, 
walk. You know what's neat about that? He didn't pray a 15 or 30 minute prayer. Peter and John didn't have to go pray through somewhere or fast for three days. They were walking the walk. They were living the life. This was one of their first encounters, not the first, but one of their first encounters after receiving the power of the Holy Spirit, the infilling. But they just simply said, hey, we're, we're ex-fishermen. We don't have any money. We've been traveling around with Jesus all over the country. We have no income. So we don't have silver and gold to give you, but such as we have, we give to you. Freely we've received, so freely we give to you. Walk. Taking the man by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. With a leap, he stood upright and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Here's, here's the question to ask yourself out of that episode, out of that event. Do you know what you have to be able to give to other people? Peter said, such as we have, we give to you. We don't have silver and gold. We don't have what everybody has to give to you. We, we don't have a plug nickel to put in your cup. But what we do have, we give it to you in the name of Jesus. We have power. We have authority. We have compassion from God. What we have, we give to you. They were able to destroy the works of the devil of that man being crippled over that man who'd been crippled his whole life. This was the beginning of a normal Christian life for Peter and John. This is normal Christianity. This is what the New Testament, people say, I wish I lived back in Bible days. Well, honey, you live more more biblical days now than there ever was before. You're living in the last days. And if they needed the move of the power of God to convince people that Jesus was alive and real then, people need that moving of the power of God now to convince them. People think God's, not, God's irrelevant to them. The church is irrelevant to them because the, most, most, most people that name the name of Jesus call themselves Christians, nothing ever comes out of their life. There's no fruit. I, I, the last two years, the thing about being fruitful, God's, God creates things to bear fruit. He creates all of the, He creates the animal life to bear fruit. Cows produce cows, horses, horses, chickens, chickens. He produces things. He produces plants to bear fruit. Some of it we eat, harvest. Some of it produces fruit and reproduces itself. God's created you and I and blessed us to produce fruit. Not just babies, not just more children, but to do, because we're spiritual, to produce spiritual fruit. He's going to come and judge us on the fruit that we produced for the kingdom of God. That's what the talent parables are about. I gave you this many gifts. I gave you this ability. What did you do with it? Did you bear fruit? Did you, did you spend your life uh, to, to bear fruit and bring fruit for my kingdom and to glorify me? Or did you just spend your life on yourself? Or did you just lay back and take it easy? Go, well, I'm not going to risk anything. I'll just play it safe. That, we're going to be asked that. We're going to be, we're going to be, he's going to look at that. He's going to ask that. Do you know what you have to be able to give to others? You and I can do according to Jesus. Lord, help us to get this. According to Jesus, you and I can do what Jesus did in the same authority and the full power of the Holy Spirit. Because that power of the Holy Spirit that lived in Jesus, that enabled him and these first century believers, it lives in you today now. What's scripture? John 14, 12. Jesus said this. These are Jesus' words. 
Either you believe Jesus or you don't. Jesus said, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, that's she too, he, she who believes in me, the works that I do, he, she will do also. Because, or in greater works than these, will he, she do. Because I go to the Father. Jesus was referring back here in John 14. John 14 talks about different things in 15. John 16, he talks, both John 14 and 16, talks talking about the Holy Spirit, which we're going to talk about Saturday. Jesus said, it is expedient, it is necessary for you that I go away. He said, I've got to offer my life on the cross. I've got to shed my blood to become the redeemer. I talked about this last Sunday morning in the message. The reason Jesus came was to offer himself as a lamb to cleanse us of our sin. That's what he said on the cross. It's finished. It's finished. My part in ministry to redeem man back to God, it's finished. It's done. I've accomplished it. He said, everything, Father, his prayer in John 17, he said, Father, everything you've given me to do, I've completed it. It's done. It's time for you to glorify me and be glorified through me. Wow. Jesus knew his mission was over as far as the Redeemer on the earth. So he did his part, but he said, I'm going to go back to the Father, and I'm going to pray to the Father. He's going to send you another comforter. The other comforter means one just like me, and he's called the Holy Spirit. And so he tells us all that. And so he said, (coughs) excuse me, he said, greater works than I do are you going to do. Why? Because I go back to the Father. Because when I go back to the Father, He's going to send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to be with you. And He said, He's with you now. And for those disciples, then the Holy Spirit was with them. But Jesus said this, He said, and will be in you. Jesus made a distinction. He's with you now, and He's going to be in you. He was talking about when they get filled with the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost. I don't know if you studied that that deeply or not, but there's a difference. You, you can have an experience with the Lord, and the Holy Spirit's with you. But he wants to be in you, and he is when you're saved. I don't, I don't want to go too deep in that and get, get off on that. He is in you when you're saved, but he wants to be in you to the point that you receive the power to do the works that Jesus did. Listen, every one of us in this room and those watching live stream, every one of us that's a born-again believer has that same authority that Jesus had to look a demon-possessed person in the eyes and say, in the name of Jesus, come out be de- and deliver this person. Every one of us has the same authority that Jesus did and Peter and James and John did to tell the cripple walk. Every one of us has that. We don't try because we're fearful. We don't try because the devil's convinced us, oh, that's for the really spiritual, super spiritual people to do it. No, you got to start somewhere. And Todd White, I don't know if you, many of you know who Todd White is, an evangelist, young guy. Uh, it's still a young guy. He prayed for over 700 people before he saw his first person healed. I mean, that's how many of us have given up on number two or one? He prayed for 700. I guess he kept count. He prayed for 700 people before he saw the first miracle and one healed. You've got to hang in there. They're never going to be healed if we don't try. And actually, and and see, the devil makes us think, well, I, you didn't heal them. Well, you didn't heal them. Jesus through you. You're an instrument. You're a conduit. His presence in you. His power in you. That's the cool thing about being a child of God. You and I get to participate. The preacher doesn't get to do it all. The children of God, the Christian, gets to play in the game too. 
It'd be horrible if just the coaches got to play the game and the players never got to play, wouldn't it, Hosway? They'd hate it. All that practice and never get to play. God wants all of us to be able to play or participate in the sense in kingdom work. We're all co-laborers together with Christ, Corinthians tells us. So when we, we do these works by the authority and the power of being in a relationship with Jesus, and remember last week, you are the key of the kingdom. You're the key of the kingdom. You're the one that opens the door for people to be saved. Why are we doing movie night with the chosen? We're opening the door. We're making a way. We're providing an opportunity for people to come. We're providing an evangelistic outreach, if you want to call it there. We're providing an open opportunity for people to come. Are they going to watch this on their own at home? I doubt it. But if they're able to come and bring your popcorn, your pizza in your car, and your kids, and your chair, and you know, sit out at your car and hear it and enjoy it, good summer night, hopefully, just a little bit cloudy so the moon don't outshine the thing. You know, there are stipulations, Lord, you know that. It, you know, they're going to come. It's an opportunity for us to open the keys of heaven for them. You and I don't save them, but we can get them to the door, and we got the key that can get them through the door. Jesus is the door. They've got to be led to the door. That's our job. That's our ministry. We're the keys of the kingdom as sons and daughters. We're authorized We're authorized to cast the demons out of people. We don't bind them because they're not going to be bound until that angel, unknown angel in Revelation uh, comes and binds the devil with a chain and casts him into the pit. We're not authorized to bind the devil, but we can cast them out. And we can uh, people who are possessed. The Lord didn't give us authority to bind those principalities, powers, rulers, darkness of this age, or spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. But the way that we can win over those principalities, powers, and darkness and all those, the way that we can win over that is through our, our, uh, our prayer, our faith, our ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ, our loving people. And in, in the heavenly places, uh, through our lifestyle that we live, through our businesses, in our cities, states, and nations. And what, what we have to do is live a repented life. There's none of us listening to this tonight that lives a perfect Christian life. It just, it's not so. We stumble at, at some point. Some of us, the same stuff trips us up repetitively. Thank God for his grace and mercy. I have to say that about myself. But, but we live a repented life. We live a life that says, Lord, I know I'm, I sinned again, but I, I ask you for forgiveness and, and to forgive me. And then, so we live a repented life. Oh, well. And then, then we ask the Lord, how do, we, how do we block and stop the assaults of the evil forces? We ask the Lord to bring justice, righteousness, and revival to the wicked leaders and situations over cities, nations, and, and regions. We, we pray. That's why we're going to have the day of prayer and fasting uh, next Wednesday. That's, that's our calling. Uh, the scriptures tell us in Ephesians that our warfare, our Thessalonians, our warfare, it's not against flesh and blood. It's not against a president. It's not against a governor. It's not against a mayor. It's not against humans. It's our, our, our weapons are not carnal. They're not against flesh and blood, but they're against the principalities. How do you fight those things? Through prayer, through fasting and prayer, through, through something as weak as fasting, not eating, depriving yourself of food, and praying during that time, petitioning God, agreeing with God, decreeing with God, is how the devil's defeated. 
That's how a, a governor that's not saved is going to be saved, is by you and I praying for them, not getting on Facebook and letting it rip against them. That just antagonizes it. That just gives Satan fuel to say, yeah, that's a Christian. I know, I know oh, I recognize that name. They're a Christian over there at WOW. And they, look at what they just said about that. They even, cussed the, they even cussed the governor. That's a real witness, isn't it? Yeah, it is, but it's a bad one. Then the Lord, when we pray, the Lord dispatches his mighty warring angels to fight against the spiritual host in the wickedly places. This is the, this is the model we have in the book of Daniel, Daniel 10. You say, oh, that's Old Testament. I want to tell you what, it's Bible. God's principles of warfare, they don't change because they don't need to change. God set up principles of warfare. He set up principles of faith. He set up principles of financial blessing. He set up principles of marital, marital blessing. He set those up in the beginning. They don't change because they don't need to change because God set them up right in the first time. When you and I get in agreement with God's principles, then we start living the blessed life. The life that's, that's honored by the Lord and the life that's fruitful to the Lord. So in Daniel 10, he talks about this warfare. Daniel's praying. He said to me, do not, the angel came to Daniel. And Dan, listen, Daniel, Daniel was a, a high ruler with four kings of Babylon, Persia, and Greece. He outlived other Hebrews that were uh, brought into captivity. He was 80-something years old or older. And still was being used powerfully by God in, 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 these, in these major pagan governments. They depended on him to tell them what's really going to happen because the magicians, the astrologers, and the soothsayers, they didn't have a clue. When there came that handwriting on the wall, mini, mini, tickle, your far son, in some language, they didn't have a clue what it meant. And the king's mother said, well, there's one that's a captured a Hebrew slave, and he knows how to read this stuff. He knows how to interpret. Go get him. Fetch him. And he came, and he said, yeah, meany, meany, tickled your father. Your kingdom has been found in the balance, and you've been found wanting or lacking. You're, you will lose your kingdom. That night, that king died. That king, that night, the king, an enemy army invaded and got in and killed him. Daniel was so renowned for his godly life spirituality spirituality that he was immediately recognized by that new king that new ruler as one he needed to keep in his kingly court for guidance and wisdom so that's the Daniel we're talking about so the angel came and said to Daniel don't be afraid Daniel for from the first day that you set your heart on understanding this Daniel began to pray and fast on what the future of his people was the day that you begin to understand set your heart on understanding this and on humbling yourself before your God Daniel, your words were heard in heaven. That's what the angel said. Your words were heard. The first day you began to pray in your humbled heart, Daniel, your prayers were heard. And I have come in response to your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, that's that second heavenly where the demonic realm fights and resists. That's where the, the God of this world, the prince and the power of the air, Jesus describes Satan, and Paul describes Satan as the God of this world, the prince and the power of the air. In the second heavens, that's where, they are, that's where they are ruling and reigning and trying to dictate. And he said, the prince of Persia was withstanding me for 21 days. Daniel had been praying for 21 days, praying and fasting, seeking the Lord. But the angel came and said, hey, from the first day you pray, your prayer was heard, but I had to get through the warfare to get to you. You see, when you and I pray, there's warfare. We're in warfare right now if you don't know it. 
That's why things are hard. That's why Satan's making it hard. That's why people are acting the craziness they're acting. Killing me. I've never, I mean, we've seen murders. We've seen rampant. But listen, since this COVID-19, it's just nuts what's going on. People can't even go to a party. They get out and they've been locked up so long. They go to a party, get drunk and go nuts and start shooting people. It's like, you know, it seems like you'd just be happy you were out and you could drink and party and just enjoy it, not get in a fight and get, end up shooting somebody. But no, they can't because they're sinners sin because they're sinners. That's all their spirit lets them do. That's what they are. So he said, your words have been heard, but I was, I was hindered to come from you. I was withstood for 21 days. Then Michael, Gabriel and Michael are two of the top angels. And Michael came to Daniel's help. And to this other angel's help, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left there battling the king of Persia. And so this angel said to Daniel, oh, he said, Oh, man of high esteem, don't be afraid. Peace to you. Take courage. Be courageous. As soon, Daniel was saying now, this is Daniel speaking, as soon as that angel spoke to me, I received strength and said, May my Lord speak, for you've strengthened me. Then the angel said to him, Do you understand why I came to you? But I shall now return to fight against the prince of Persia. So I'm going forth, and behold, the prince of Greece is about to come. That whole passage is about warfare in heaven that the enemy is trying to hinder, block, stop our prayers. So what is, what, is the response? what is our response? Be like Daniel. Don't quit. Don't stop. Keep praying. I don't feel nothing. <laughs> I'm not seeing anything happen. I don't feel I haven't spoken tongues yet. I hadn't prayed through. I don't feel Holy Ghost goosebumps. You keep praying. You keep praying in faith because God hears. The angel said from the Daniel, the first day that you begin to make your appeal about God's will for this situation, you were heard. But there's a battle going on in the heavenlies. Listen, when you pray for loved ones, there's a battle going on in the heavens. The enemy doesn't want them to be saved. But God's will said it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And God gives the promise in Acts chapter 10, 31, I think it's 10, where the Philippian jailer, he got saved from the earthquake that Paul and Silas were in. And Paul told him, said, you and your household shall be saved. It's God's will to save your kids. It's God's will to save your mom and dad. It's God's will to save your brother, your sister. It's God's will to save that neighbor, that cantankerous person you have to work with. It's God's will to save them. The devil's causing them to act out and trying to get them hating you and you getting mad at them and cut them off. And that's what the devil tries to do is get us to cut them off and not pray for them because the battle's over. There is no more battle in the heavenlies for their soul. Don't stop praying. No matter how tough your situation is, don't stop praying. Daniel's just one example of the many prayers. We keep praying until there's a breakthrough. You know, there comes a time, there comes a time you pray. It's like the Lord told me years ago for my family. There comes a time to pray. The Lord said, you said all there is to say. I've heard your prayers. Start praising me for their salvation. And you know, my natural carnal mind said, well, it hadn't happened yet. I'm not seeing a whole lot going on, Lord. They're still drinking. They're still getting as drunk as Cooter Brown every day of the week, you know, for years. They've been doing that. You know what drunk as Cooter Brown means? That's a country term, I guess. But they're still drinking every, every night, every day. They're still just, they're just still lost as can be. They're just still ignoring me and not believing me and not going to church. The Lord said, you've said to me everything that can be prayed. I'd fasted. I'd prayed. I'd done everything. I'd wept, cried. I showed them the Bible. I read verses to them. I stood in the kitchen and preached to them while they're drunker and skunks. That's another term too. And 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 the Lord said, 
You've said everything there is to say. You start, and the devil was tormenting me. They're never going to get saved. They're too old. They're too drunk. They're too hooked. They're too addicted. They're too, they're too, they're too, they're too. And that's what the devil tells you about your loved ones. They're too, they're too, they're, they're too far gone. They're too this, they're too that. Not for God. Not for God. Not for God. Not for God. The last year, both my dad and my mom, the last year of their life, they accepted the Lord. Now, they didn't live a Christian life. They didn't have time. But I know they're in. I know they're with them. I feel sorry for them because they never knew what it was to live for Jesus now, but they're in heaven now. You know what? You know how parents are always telling kids, hey, this is the right thing to do. Now I can say, I told y'all. I told you so. I told you so. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Now they know so. Now they know so. You know? You don't stop. I know it's hard. I know it's dry. I know the devil makes you feel like, what's the use? This is not working. Yeah, it is. More than you think. There's principalities fighting, resisting. Don't stop. God rewards faithfulness. If you don't intercede, there's probably nobody else praying for that person. God will lay somebody on your heart you just see. Somebody at work. Everybody else may hate their guts. They may be the boss or the boss's wife, and everybody goes, oh, no. And, and people say, well, how can you like them? You may not like them, but God calls you to pray for them. And then God can put a love in your heart for people that you really don't like and flip it on you and give you such a compassion. He's, God's amazing. You know, the devil has no patience. The devil wants to strike quick, take prey quick, destroy people quick. He doesn't really have patience. If you and I would just practice the fruit of patience in some situations, you would outlast the devil just by being patient. Yep, we need the fruit of the spirit of patience. Okay. Because really how this works, everything the devil throws at you, he can only do what you open the door to him to do to you. And everything that throws to you, God's going to flip it on the devil and use it to make you stronger. So let the Lord work in your life, your heart, your mind, your spirit, your soul, even your physical body. Let the Lord work on you, the Holy Spirit, let that work have its complete work in you that patience can be developed, that tenacity can be developed, that, that a stick-to-itiveness can be developed as a child of God. And we don't give up. We, we don't need to be people that give up. Because everything the enemy throws at us, God can take it and flip it and use it to make us stronger. One of the, one of the deadliest and most cunning attacks the devil launches against you and I is religious spirits. They, they demand that we work harder in order to gain or try to get something from God or God to love us better or more. God already, listen, God already loves you the maximum. And it says God demonstrated, showed, proved, revealed. I think it's in Romans 5, I think. It's not in my notes, but it should have been. God reveals, he manifested, he showed he, his love for you in that Jesus Christ has already died for you. I used to say, God, show me that you love me. I used to pray these. They were stupid, carnal, selfish prayers because I didn't know any better. Lord, show me that you love me. I don't feel it. People are mean. They're picking on me. They say th mean things about me. God, show me you love me. And one day the Lord said, I have showed you I loved you. And he took me to that scripture. Hosea, look that up if you can, if you got a Romans 5.8. 
He already showed you. What more proof do you need or want? I just want to feel the Holy Ghost. I just want to talk in tongues. Well, that's good. That's important. But don't let that be your measuring stick or measurement of that if God loves you or not. The Lord said, I already showed you to the max how much I love you. We need the word. Feeling's good. Feeling's nice. And God's part of how God created us. I'm not discounting that. I'm not saying you're wrong or bad. But listen, be rooted, be anchored, be grounded in the word. He already showed you how much he loved you. Because listen, when you're, sometimes when you're standing face to face, squared off with a devil, a demon, or a problem or a situation, or a bad situation at work, and you're not feeling the Holy Ghost, you're not feeling them Holy Ghost dunk bumps or praying like Shadalalia, you know, you don't have the opportunity to do that, you need to know, thank you, Lord, you showed you love me because you already died for me while I was yet a sinner. It's covered. It's covered. Now, are there times the Lord pours that? Yes. The Lord knows when you need a little something, extra loving, patting on the back, or sometimes He knows when you need a little extra kick in the rump. Can I say that? He's done that a time or two to me. The Holy Spirit's told me to shut up a few times. Shut up and know my word. Shut up quit complaining. Shut up, don't quit thinking like that. Shut up. I went, wow, you're kind of rough, Lord. You need me to be rough because you, you won't go the tender route, so I've got to get rough with you. you got to know I mean it. I went, yes, sir. So, okay. Those religious spirit, they demand that we try to work in earning all that stuff. I'm going to end in this verse. I'm not through, but I'm going to end in this verse. I'm on page three of six. So anyway, we'll come back to it. We'll visit it another night. Ephesians 2.8, just simply, it's a scripture we all probably know. If you don't, you need it in your, in your tool belt of arsenal weapons. For by grace, you've been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, meaning it's not anything you can do. It's by his grace. It's the gift of God. Not of works, not of anything you can do, conjure up, pay, come weed the church garden, go out and hang, hang uh, door hangers. You don't get brownie points in heaven for do that. You don't get extra brownie points for reading your Bible. You don't get extra brownie points if you're praying in tongues. You don't get extra brownie points if you help little old ladies cross the street. You just, there aren't. So it's not by works that you're saved, lest any of us should boast. When you and I stand before the Lord in heaven, we won't be standing long. <laughs> we will fall on our face and say, God, it is by your grace that I'm here, your mercy and your love, not by anything that I could have done or attempted to do. It is only by your mercy and grace. Now, he will take the good things we do to glorify his name, and you will be given rewards according to that, but that's not how you get in the main door. <laughs> you get in the main door by your trusting in him and letting him show how good of a father he is to you. Father, I love you. I praise you. I sense your presence. I sense the tenderness of your great grace, mercy, and love tonight. Take your word. Don't let it return void. Let it be planted, rooted in hearts tonight, spirits tonight, minds tonight. Holy Spirit, we believe you to do your job as ministry. Bring it back to our remembrance as we need it and we need the help. We thank you, Lord. Cover us, keep us, cleanse us, bless those that are watching live stream, those that are listening by phone, those that are here in the sanctuary. Lord, thank you. We believe you, God. We just believe you for an outstanding, not just day, but the rest of the week leading to Pentecost. It doesn't have to wait till Sunday. 
Thank God it can happen at home when we're home alone, just beginning to pray. Holy Spirit's there 24-7. Thank you, Lord. Just, Lord, just revive us. I read in your word in Psalms today, revive us and we will be revived. Make us alive, O God, with the power of your word. In the name of Jesus and for your kingdom's sake, we pray it. Glory to God. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. We love you. Uh, see you. See you Saturday for Q&A day or see you Saturday night soaking or see you Sunday at 10 a.m. in the parking lot. Huh? And Facebook tomorrow. So somewhere or another, we're going to be with you, see with you. Be with you and see you. Amen.